0: Greetings, nerds. This is Data Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. How are you doing today, Will?
1: I'm hanging in there, Sarah. How are you doing this afternoon?
0: I'm not pleased that you referred to me as a redundant station.
1: (laughs) Redundant? No, I was not referring to you as a redundant station, Captain. I was referring to our backup recorder as a redundancy (laughs) station.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Don't I'm just a little mouth. sensitive. I thought it was clever to repeat everything you were saying in a very electronic Echo Alexa voice you <laughs> know, thing. Hmm. <laughs> oh, man. This week, was it, it was kind of a blur with TV shows. I mean, I feel like everything I've been watching this summer suddenly got turned off. I mean, we always have Krypton. But right, right. It's just, it, it, I felt like I went into a drought this week. I was like, "What do I watch?" So I just rewatched a b- bunch of things I've already seen before.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's a very fair point. Uh, for me, uh, yeah, it was, it was one of those things where I was like, "Oh, it's I can't get into some rewatches but there were a few things that I had completely didn't realize were starting this week. But then one of them did pop pop up, and it was the Beverly Hills
0: 90210 reboot. da na right? Is that the... Okay. So, Beverly Hills, it was before my time. I just also didn't get... I, I wasn't a super fan of it. The first show in that area that I really fell in love with as a kid was Dawson's Creek. Mm, okay.
1: Yeah, so 90210 was definitely... It was in my... Era and Willhouse, and it was that show that, of course, everyone was was talking about. I remember when it premiered in the summer? I believe like uh, either '90, I think it was. Um, and and has gone through its various iterations over time with other reboots and continuations and stuff. But this one was with the original cast uh, in the the exception of Luke Perry, rest in peace. And uh I have to say I, I I kinda like what they did.
0: It was so original. Like it's funny to say a reboot is original. Yeah. But they played into it and they did the most creative thing because it's it is a Beverly Hills reboot, but it's not about those characters, it's about like Tori Spelling, Jenny Garth, it's about the actors and what that show did to them. So it, it leans heavily in towards more of the par- parallels of being really one of the first shows in that, in that space. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't think there, there were a lot of family dramas, family comedies that occurred in the 80s, but in the early 90s, this was the first like, soap opera that featured a lot of really young kids and right. and it was in a high school it, it like set off this whole other genre for yeah. tv
2: yeah, with
0: like adults do- yeah exactly and and yet those stars also didn't do anything beyond that like they're they did some things but not a lot so yeah it's yeah, funny to see this show also in the mix when it feels like everything's being rebooted mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was it's it was a it's a very meta show which I think I saw a lot of mixed reaction on the internet. Some people like me really dug it. There are a lot of folks who were expecting to see all our uh all the characters from that time period fast forward to present day and seeing what's what's going on in life of Kelly Taylor and and Donna Miller and and Brandon Walsh, but it was so meta. Because it was very smart how they did it. So even it was all it was the actors in their name taking their some of their own things that happened to them because of the show and and twisted into the character of a Jason Priestley and and then coming together, which we see all the time with these reunion and reboot shows at a convention about the show. Mm-hmm. So, so it was just very smart because, you know, for example, with Tori Spelling, she's been doing a reality show with her actual husband, Dean uh, D- McDermott. But, but in here in the show, it was like, you know, she had six kids instead of five and, and, yeah. and the issues with that, and you know, they play on that and, you know, and Jenny Garth and her multiple marriages as far as in real life, but then they have Jenny Garth, the character, about the character Kelly Taylor dealing with the same kind of issues and, and spoiler alert, getting news there from TMZ, like in the middle of the reunion that her husband's filed for divorce. So it was like, so meta, it was just so original. Like you said, in a way that a reboot was done versus some of the other things that we've seen, like uh, recently, as far as reboots, where it truly is a straight reboot or a continuation of uh, the previous show. And, I as I said, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think uh, with the TV drought that we've had, uh, this I probably will stick around for the next five weeks and, and, and watch this. And uh, I, I I think uh, folks should definitely give it a chance because the way they ended this first episode, uh, you have Tori Spelling and Janet Garth basically coming up with the idea, and they do a very very touching way of of honoring Luke Perry. This scene where um, he and this character uh, Dylan Walsh and, and uh, Brandon Walsh stop and they overlook and it's like, look here's you know, Welcome to Paradise and and you know they stop there with with Luke and you know nice little tribute to him and uh, and then they get the idea of like in, in that sequence they get the idea of doing a reboot of of their show so as a way to help. Help Tori Spelling get out of debt. So.
0: Oh, I think all of them mean yeah. that it. it's not just about Tori. It's about yeah. all of those characters need something to hold back onto. I mean, yeah. this is really just a midlife crisis. It is. Yeah. And I mean- and that's, that's what's so brilliant um, beyond everything that you said. I really like what they're doing with Brian Austin yeah, yeah. and the whole twist that he's married to a famous singer when we all know he's actually married to Megan Fox in real life. And right. I don't think that they have all girls. I think it's the exact opposite where they have all boys, but I could be mistaken. And, and it's really, it's, I like it. Um, I couldn't help but think to myself, and I'm sure a lot of viewers, is what would have happened if that Luke Perry was still around, especially yeah. considering his ties to Riverdale mm-hmm. and how, how, how he could do both of his shooting and everything and just where he would fit because they're going very much Br- Brendan and Kelly, Je- Jeannie and Jason on this show and this kind of like dynamic. So it's, I, I'm glad you told me that I should check it out and I, I did. It was funny. I watched an episode of Boston or Faustin Verdon on Hulu and then I saw this pop up and I'm like, okay, cause damn, that show is dramatic and dark <laughs> and has very musical, very realistic. So this was just like a good counterbalance of like light. Fluffy summer fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you did because I know at first you were like, "eh, not sure." But I was like, when you when you, when you DM me and said that you were watching, and I, I'm glad you did because uh, I, I I was really hoping. I know we were going to talk about it some of today, but I'm glad you were able to so to get to put your perspective on it as well.
0: It reminded me of a trailer I saw just on Friday for mm-hmm. Honey Boy. It's the new Shia LaBeouf movie and mm-hmm. he actually wrote the screenplay for it and it's about his childhood. And so it, in the sense that it's not nonfiction, it's a heightened version of his childhood where in the movie he's actually going to be playing his father. Mm-hmm. And then you have, of course, Lucas, Lucas freaking edges, who has to be in every single one of these movies. I'm getting so tired of that kid. <laughs> <laughs> so type much much? <laughs> like between him and Luke, him and Timothy Chalamet, I don't know. Like they keep like, Oh, you do a movie. I do a movie. It's like, there's only two actors around in that age bracket or something. And it's bizarre to me. <laughs>
2: He's in everything.
0: Yeah, and and it was it's a very good trailer. Yeah. I don't know what it'll be like watching the movie. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, it 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 was definitely a a good good trailer. I um, I, I it really was one of those trailers, um, and I'm glad you told you shared it with me because I saw it, but it really didn't register with me. Uh, it, it, it was just okay. I see the scene of like a guy get pulled pulled back and. Uh, on a movie set, and this I guess uh, I, it was like, okay, this this doesn't really grab me other than it's like, oh, that's kind of visually interesting. But mm-hmm. but beyond that, I really I didn't even watch the trailer all the way through, other than that first moment as I would see it sort of come up on the loop on Twitter, mm-hmm. and um, and so I was like, okay, so when you, when you told me about it, I did look into, I did watch the full trailer and found out a little bit more about it, especially given that it's a semi-biopic of his story, and I guess he, he did it when he was in one of his stints and wrote the script in, in Rehab.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. Well, again, like you said, not sure if it's going to be a good movie or not, but uh, it, it it definitely um, it, again the de- the trailer definitely like, colors got me intrigued.
0: Yeah, it's there's something about that last line Um, I think with the kid version, who's talking to the dad and it's like, I don't know if you would be around if I were to pay you and, and you see, and you see this dynamic all the time, especially with child stars, like, or we don't see it, but we always figure it's there where it, it gets very blurry when you mix family with business like that. And, and this, this guy he he had his own dreams for stardom, and then he put all that pressure on his kid. And then, of course, the kid grows up in that area or in that, like, place where all the fame and fortune of it all, but really no family or family that you think is only there because you are famous. So what does that do to that person? So it's very interesting um, for me personally— I'm just like where is the even stevens references cuz i grew up with that show yeah. where is it and so i'm i'm going to be mad because i don't think they're going to go that far to really call it out um but i i want to see some references because yeah. i i remember that show very well
1: yeah yeah you'll probably get some of those but yeah they probably won't be too too much on the news on it though Again, maybe they
0: might. <laughs> who who knows? It's just interesting how like with Beverly Hills, they're leaning more in like the comedic meta um realm, while this it's it's in that same it has that similar concept, but it's going the darker route, the the more um realistic version. So it's just but yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, we also found out that the boys season two is in production. Well, duh. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but the, we knew it was renewed before Comic Con, and uh, but they did share a photo. I think the showrunner shared a photo this weekend with uh, with the cast, minus Carl, Carl Urban, But uh, we did see Jack Quaid and some Mother, Mother's Milk and some other folks, uh, it, it all bloated up, just like as you would expect to see from the boys in yep. that photo.
0: Yep. Yep, and then also on the headlines we have the Hunt cancellation and Confederate cancellation due to Weiss and Benioff two hundred million dollar deal with Netflix, and Will's gonna tell me what I just read and why I should care.
1: Why you should care? Well, the Hunt cancellation uh, is a. So this will give you for folks who aren't familiar with with this movie. It was the uh, it was a satire. That is set in a place where uh, liberals are basically uh, hunting the deplorables for sport, and uh, there was some promotional materials that were already starting to get pulled back with uh, the stars like Betty Gilpin and then Hilary Swank's in a movie, Justin Hartley's, other people as well. Calls the nature of it of the film and all the recent events that's happened and. Dayton and El Paso and and, and California and so many other places. Uh, Universal had already started dialing back on some of the promotional stuff. And then, of course, President Trump tweeted this week about uh, how Hollywood is racist and other other political people started weighing in. And uh, the creators of the film and the studio got together and they all agreed that given the context of the times, uh, they felt that it was the right thing to, to to pull this film for right now. So I don't think it is, it, I think it's just postponed indefinitely, I think at this point for, and and, and I think given where we are in, in this space right now, I think, I think wiser heads prevailed in, in, in pulling it. I think it's too soon after so many things has happened. And I think the environment is such that um, they, they felt they had to make this call. And, it goes back to our conversation, I guess, gosh, over, I guess it's over a year ago or so yeah, now.
2: A long time ago. Uh,
1: about Confederate. And, uh, so the reason why this is noteworthy is the creators of Game of Thrones, uh, Weiss and Benanoff, were, uh, basically, uh, living off their reputation and were being pursued by all the major studios for their services. And Netflix ended up being the winner. But, I didn't realize this, and I think a lot of folks probably didn't as well. The show Confederate, which was an idea of theirs where the Confederacy won the Civil War. Uh, It was going to be set in present day. A lot like, uh, I guess they sort of got inspired by Man in the High Castle. That's on Amazon. Um, It's an alternate reality. And, of course, there was a very similar to The Hunt, but probably even more so. I mean, it's easy to say more so. Uh, When the idea of Confederate was teased out, it met with such resistance from pretty much uh, significant more. uh, Everyone thought this was a bad idea. And uh, it seems that at the time, uh, they quietly put the project away. But I guess it seems that this project, even though it was quietly tucked away, it was still working its way towards some kind of production by HBO. So The reason why it's noteworthy is uh, with the team from Game of Thrones going to Netflix, HBO officially canceled this project. And I think we all are for the better for it.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, I think we all just also assumed it was already canceled.
2: Yeah, that too.
0: We haven't haven't heard anything. I mean, they they did prematurely put this idea out here when they're like, when everybody's watching and we're thinking to ourselves, you still have, like, a a final season of Game of Thrones to do. So we'll focus on that, and maybe that's why some of the writing wasn't as on par, is because they were distracted. They also have, I don't know if you know about this, but they also have this um, small, low-budget franchise called Star Wars that they're making promises about, too. So I, I think that these guys are... In a way, biting off more than they can chew. I mean, there are two of them, yeah. but still, like the best projects, there's focus, there's attention to detail. I mean, we don't, we don't see, um, the Russo brothers running off and being like, pick me, pick me. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do everything. It's like, no, pick your projects, focus on them, build a world. And then when it's done, move on. Don't try to stretch yourselves and like, Three different things, or else we're always going to get half-par content. Exactly. Exactly. And also, guys, Man in the High Castle was was there an audience for this? Yes. Did everybody watch that show? No. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No. <laughs> so, why? I don't. I don't understand why it's like. Oh, I want to do a Man and I. It's like why? Why? Who? Yeah. Who's asking for that? Who?
1: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, and I, I'm all about creative freedom and taking chances and things, but there, there's also just understanding the time that you're in and, 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 and being, being sensitive when, if, even if you're trying to do a satire to uh, the world around you and, yeah. and, and if it's, and you can do, if it's a, if you're doing this to sort of hold a mirror on society and, and do it, which satire is doing, but That's one thing, but if you're doing it for just shock value and just trying to chase a buck, then you know, you know, maybe maybe yeah, it should go on the shelf.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think I think it should. I think though that it's not just Man in the High Castle. I think they're also looking at at a show like Handmaid's Tale, which, but even that gets its harsh criticism. And I'm I did not watch the second season. I've watched all of the third season. It's a great show th- right now. But I also know that there's times when I'm like, this is the most self-indulgent show on TV. <laughs> yeah. Like, there are parts where they suddenly are like, we're going to have no words, no dialogue, no action, and we're just watching her look in the mirror at herself. And I'm like, skip. <laughs> 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 like, who cares? Yeah. And. And, like, I remember seeing that a lot with Sam Esmail in season two of Mr. Robot. I'm just like, guys, like, I understand art, but still, pick up the pace. We got a plot to get through. We got some moving parts here. Yeah. Go, let's go, let's go. And and so I just, I also don't see that show on Netflix, I'll be honest. A show like that, that, that doesn't scream Netflix for me.
1: No, no. Especially with Netflix. I mean, their bottom line is they're trying to get. Um, uh, and I shared an article this weekend on our, on our socials about why some shows get canceled on Netflix. And it is the bottom line. They're trying to get subscribers and that will run subscribers a way faster than, than anything.
0: Yeah. They, they do need some staple shows that, like, I re- I remember listening to Collider, I think this week or last week, and Roxy Stryer on it said, I only have Hulu for one reason, and that's the Handmaid's still. And and I'm right there with her. I only have it for two reasons. Um, because I also have a showtime edition. <laughs> <in> <laughs> so billions. Yeah. <laughs> but like when you have an original show like that where most of your subscribers, they only do it for that one show. Cobra Kai, mm-hmm. I I delete my YouTube Red account and then I yep. renew it whenever Cobra Kai comes back.
1: Yep, yep. <laughs> exactly, exactly.
0: <laughs> and so, I, I'm i sure Netflix is thinking to themselves, well, we don't have one show. We have a lot of different things, niche audience, we're spreading ourselves all over the place, but there isn't a sole reason why you need to have a Netflix account, which may become a problem in the near future yeah. with all of these other streaming services.
2: That's
0: true, that's true. All right. Okay, well. Yeah. We, we have two shows to talk about. Pennyworth and Krypton. Um, I want to talk about Pennyworth first. Okay. So this is about Alfred from Batman. And it is about how he gets in contact with Thomas Wayne. Yep. They become buddies. They need each other's services. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. I barely made it through two episodes.
1: Yeah, I made it to the first three.
0: I I just, f- first of all, I think her name is Bette Sykes. Her accent yeah. drives me crazy. I can't understand about 40% of what she says. And because she's the main villain, it's really important that I understand what she says.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I will freely admit that dude, I have turned on the closed captioning so I could understand some of the dialogue. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: I w- I was right there with you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Pennyworth, Pennyworth. whenever they first announced that they were doing this prequel uh, for the Bat in the Bat universe, uh, we already had Gotham, and then we were, and then we saw this concept of doing a show about Alfred before we uh, got to know the Alfred that we have gotten to know, with, who has served in the service of Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. and we all were kind of like. Why are you making this show? And it has, it, it, one and two, does there is there audience for it?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I was leery. I think you, uh, I think you were as well. And then we got the trailer uh, earlier this year, mm-hmm. and it, I, it the trailer. I was like, oh, okay. I, I I'm I'm intrigued now. I think I'm gonna give this give this show a give it a give it a shot. Right. And and then I watched it. And I think well let me just where do where do, where do we get? So can you know, I, <laughs> I begin? I, yeah.
0: I because yeah. I have some more pet peeves besides yeah. Bet size accent. Yeah. Um first of all, this really because it's set in London, mm-hmm. there is a lot of references to the um Queen Elizabeth and the monarchy. Yep. Guys, seriously? Claire Foy, huh? Huh? Uh, cuz <laughs> I am looking at I'm looking at the looking at the photos and I'm like that ha, see there would be so much more relevance if that was clearly <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just, yeah. just have to and then when I when I thought about that I looked up because I knew I'd seen her face before and I couldn't place her but the actress who plays Esme and and so I went on to IMDb and lo and behold I do know her because I looked her up when she got cast to play Princess Diana on The Crown in the next okay. season. Okay.
1: Uh, well, oh boy. Because,
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so that really rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. I, don't like, I don't like Esme and Alfie. There's something about how within the span of five minutes, they suddenly become this big love story. And viewers are supposed to buy in that they're meant for each other. And it was really weird. I mean, she literally went from saying, I love you. I don't know what, I, if I can live without you, to in the same scene, to saying, um, I'm sorry, but we can't be together. And yeah. then she gets kidnapped.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that story. Well, for me, every time they are on the screen together, and no matter when i watch the show, I've watched it in the evening. I watched some of it. Uh, Saturday afternoon, and whenever it gets to their scenes, I literally fall asleep.
2: Yep. And
1: I I and I'm like, oh shit, I gotta go back and find it over. Uh, yeah, because it brings the story, I mean, their relationship brings the everything to a grinding halt. And I, I guess there's a lot of elements to this show that could work. And when they do work, they work well. So I won't say it's a bad show, but it's not. It's not an exceptionally good show either. It, it's, it's serviceable. I mean, I like when Alfred when the interplay t- between Alfred and, and Thomas Wayne. Uh, they had a good banter. Um, I will say episode three. I know you haven't gotten to it yet. Uh, we do get introduced to Martha Kane. Uh, so Martha, Martha, Thomas, Martha. So, uh, but oh, the
0: next- Martha Kane becomes Martha Wayne. Yes. So okay, you raised an b- b- interesting point. When when we saw the trailer, I was I mainly bought into the show because they they made it clear Thomas Wayne was going to be part of it. Second episode, don't re- didn't really see a lot of Thomas Wayne, and and that's really that's my fault. My my draw isn't this freaking Raven Society right. crap underground of one. No, 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 no. It's Thomas freaking Wayne. Mm-hmm. And yep. now, now and Esme, not a part of that equation.
1: No. No. <laughs> Esme, they could, I honestly, they could, yeah, they just need, and I hope if I do continue to watch this show, I, I do hope that that relationship gets downplayed some. and And at least in episode three, i I finally did make it through an episode where I didn't fall asleep because <laughs> there 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 was uh of there was more action and and it, things really started picking up then i mean I know uh with new series you do have to have uh one or two episodes to set things up, but the problem with this this show is setting things up. The, the Raven Society and a No Name League and all that. It, I was trying to figure out now who's the villain and who's right. how does Alfred fit into all of this and, and 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 why and how Thomas Wayne fits into all this. So you did get a little throwaway pieces of dialogue with the CIA and obviously Thomas is an American. is at London and we did see Alfred meet the Queen and and so it's it's. There, there's pieces there, but it's just, it really wasn't until the third episode I felt that things were starting to finally come together.
0: Okay. You, I mean, you're selling me on the third episode, which is good because I, yesterday, I, I was pretty much over the show. I'm like, nah. Yeah. yeah. No, thank oh, you. I, <laughs> <Moving> I, <on. laughs> yeah,
1: I, I felt that way it did episode two myself. I, I really did. And it, uh, it just wasn't moving me, but I, it, it, it,
0: it it felt too much like Gotham, and Gotham, I I've seen a few episodes. It, it was very like on off, and by the end of it, I I was completely off the show. I still watch fan vids because of the fangirl in me of certain characters and their relationships. Blah, blah, blah. um, I won't be watching any Alfie and Esme fan vids. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> <If not. laughs> but. This whole Raven Society thing just reminds me so much of those characters and plot lines, and I'm like, that's not what the show should be about. I mean, the, when we talk about Krypton, it's it's not it's not about the Krypton has done what Gotham tried to do, and considering it lasted for five seasons, it, it kind of did it pull this off where they were focusing on all of the villains, all of the rogue gallery that Batman has. Krypton does the same thing. We're seeing a lot of villains from Superman. Mm-hmm. Now, now with Pennyworth, I I don't really think they can do that considering yeah. how far back, which is ironic considering it's what 200 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's a long time between Pennyworth and and little Bruce Wayne. However, Thomas Wayne is the draw because Thomas Wayne brings in the ties. And you can understand, like, why are the Waynes so important to Gotham? Like, where did that legacy come from? How did Alfred get involved in it? Where Where does his loyalty come from? I mean, also... This is all said in London right now. At what point does Alfred be like, "No, I need to go with Thomas to Gotham City, the worst place on the planet"?
1: Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And America, and th- <laughs> America. Yeah, and I think, and and in the third episode, and I did start the fourth one. Um, the third episode introduces Martha Kane, which to uh, tie, which gets us to the bigger, the larger Bat Universe, because if you. If you recall, Cat came as far as um, Batwoman is, uh, is Wayne's cousin. So,
0: Ooh, I see what you did there.
1: So, so it it does. You got to stick with it because I I have two pieces of advice for this show. One, it does. It, it's 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 a prequel and it I, you do kind of have to watch it without looking for all the bat signals <laughs> and, and 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 things it's it, it, and but two, there are enough little nuggets especially if you get past the second episode and get into the third where the things start coming together and that's and I so I was I'm still it's still one of those shows that I will I'll probably watch uh, I'm not I'm still not hundred percent sold, but episode three did enough for me that it 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 caught my attention well and did enough to keep me around for episode four okay uh and 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 really it was the introduction of really focusing on the introduction of martha uh more interaction with Alfreds to uh friends from the service uh they had a pretty interesting little triangle going on with them the story arc with them in this particular third episode that I was like okay I I I'm starting to I'm starting to like this and uh as far as bet sites and I mean that's another place where things kind of come to a halt for me but uh with the with the all the intrigue and stuff but uh with the raven society and um and all, but it, give it another, try episode three. See if it, see if it it, 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 piques your interest enough to stick around. It did for me.
0: Yeah. I actually disagree with your advice because I think if you watch this show without wanting the tie-ins, you're not going to like the show.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> and, it's like smart real like Hear me out, Okay. Hear me out well. okay all right.
0: I And I say that also with a caveat, just skip episode two. (laughs) (laughs) Just, if you watch the first episode, you pretty much get the gist. Episode two is pretty much a boring epilogue of the first episode. So if episode three is what we really want and what's what really is going to get you invested into committing to a full season... Or maybe at least in na- another few episodes, then just skip episode episode two altogether. Because the, you these these shows also do recaps every yeah. episode, and it's kind of like okay, I'll just watch the recap. Don't yeah. need to waste my time. Yeah, and they're long. They're long episodes. That's something um, else that's really bothering me.
1: Yeah, the pilot was overly long. It did need not did not need to be seventy five minutes. The, the, the next two are under an hour, or right at right at an hour. So it's it's more. It's more along normal Netflix length or Amazon length episodes, but the pilot was Mm -hmm. way too long.
0: Yeah, and I just hope that at some point Adam Strange appears and he he's like, "We need help on Krypton."
1: Yeah, yeah, they definitely need
0: help. Time travel. It needs some time travel. (laughs) I don't know.
1: (laughs) There are some acronyms in the show too that 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 do bother me as well, but anyway.
0: (sighs) Because you're a nerd. Uh, Yeah. So we go from one Batman-less show to a Superman-less show with Krypton Season 2, Episode 9, Blood Moon. I, I don't know what it is about these last few episodes. Or actually, I do. I think, like, I and many of our listeners probably can understand my perspective on this because it pretty much is aligned with everything I've said about these shows over the past few years. I like character development, and I'm not a big action person. <laughs> and this episode was pretty action-based, with a weird, awkward introduction of melodrama at the beginning. I also, um, I was very disappointed when a day before watching the episode, I logged onto Twitter, and the very first thing to pop up was somebody put out a meme that said, Chem, R-I-P. And gave the dates, and so I was like, "Oh, so Kem dies in the next episode? That's nice."
1: Yeah, you may have to mute your, you may have to meet your. Uh, your
0: <laughs> it was words. the first time I've been spoiled by a, a, for a Krypton episode. Yeah, but yeah,
1: you might have to. Who's yeah, being spoiler? That, that, that algorithm uh, bit you in the ass to speak. <laughs>
0: oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I've got an ass to crush now. That's all yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, it, it was, it was a good episode overall. I also, because I knew about that going into it, the stakes weren't as high for me. I also, some of the stuff they did with this set did not right rub me the right way. I have to say, I don't think that she earned the line. I'm scared because I think you're the love of my life. I don't think that was earned. I really don't, because I, even though I ship them, I don't feel like, like, it It just felt too manipulated, it felt too much like a writer in the background pulling screens, like, he just got reunited with uh, Lyda, and then, and she knows it, she's witnessed it, their son is off with Brainiac. And and she, out of nowhere, just pulls out that line. Like, it didn't feel earned or authentic. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think she... And also, she's a character who hides her emotions. Mm-hmm. So why, why in that moment did she think that was the right time? Like, she, it may have been earned that she felt that way, but why would she say that right in that moment?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... That moment... Was this very beginning of the episode, and, and it was they were on their way to try to uh, get the skimmer working to go to the wet door, and the only thing I could figure is she just it was uh, she seized the moment. I I I hear what you're saying, and I and I think I, I actually I do agree with what what you're saying. It, it was a a writer's moment of like okay we're going to force this this mel- melodrama into this show because we we we've, we've created this love triangle of Seg Nyssa, and and Lita uh where Seg is and and Lita are clearly together um uh, and they're bringing this out from Nyssa and I don't know if it's trying to create a tragic love sto- tragic love tale uh that Gets into the larger point of this episode of of, of sacrifice mm-hmm. uh, because at, if if Lyta and Seg are in, indeed um, excuse me destined to be together, then obviously Nissa is going to be the odd person left out, even though she and Seg shared the uh, shared Jor-el as their son, so. Maybe that was where this was coming from, as far as the motivation. It was just that, okay. I, for I just even I just have to acknowledge this, and I know we can't we can't go anywhere. I mean, clearly, Seg has feelings for for, like, for Nissa as well.
0: Well, uh, I I think that the writers are just like, okay, I'm pretty sure, given everything that else that has happened leading up to this moment. It, that all the viewers understand that there's a love triangle. But we have to make sure our main character knows. Yeah.
2: It's nice to be
0: Let's just make sure Seg is aware there is now this triangle and he's in the center of it. Because also to your point about sacrifice, like you, you already dropped that moment on me and I'm not feeling too on board with it and then towards the end when everything is crashing down seg is nowhere to be found and they got to get on this ship nissa is the one who's telling telling um Val to get hurry up don't wait for seg he's on to no yeah yeah there is that
1: yeah there is that yeah there is that disconnect if he's a, if he's a love. Of her life, she would be like, keep the damn ship here until we get sick. I mean, it should be the other way. Val should be like,
0: come on, n- n- this, up. we need right. to go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah. she already lost her son and now, quote unquote, the love of her life is, is about to die too. And she's just high tailing it out of there. And, and it probably also bothered me because I know for a fact, if it was light in that position, the writers would make sure Val would be trying to get her on the ship and not what they did. Um, and, and that's, that really irritates me because sometimes I can tell when the writers really are rooting towards one side versus another. So, I don't know. Though, those things bothered me. Last, my last note, note about Nista is, um, the fight sequence. Correct me if I'm wrong, Will. We've had a lot of fighting on this show, a lot of choreography. Is this the first time when they did the slow-mo? Because I don't remember it. It felt really jarring, and it really made it seem like nobody else around her were fighting until the very end. And I was just like, I know she can kick ass, Mm -hmm. but this just doesn't seem right.
1: (laughs) See, uh, I that I love that sequence i i i was i was okay with it um that the whole the whole doomsday threat and fight scenes and everything it, it with the Sagittari, uh it that did not yeah i loved it. I loved it so i can't it didn't catch me off base or anything it was just like, damn this is badass <laughs> so I was just enjoying it.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile I was just like, We're done yet? We're done yet? <laughs> Is that guy gonna shoot something? Are yeah. they fighting? Aren't you supposed to be I was just I don't know, maybe I was already so far taken out of the show that I wasn't in willing to let it pass, but it just I yeah. I've seen them do fight choreography better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean I know they've had I mean this season they especially in White Gordy they, they've they've had multiple uh They've had a few scenes with Sagittarius and the rebels getting get engaged in various fights and stuff, but um, yeah, like I said, this one—I I, this one—I I just watched it for what it was.
0: <laughs> so things that I didn't like, um, even though Ken's death death was spoiled for me, and it's not like I like the fact that they killed off Kem, but the, the three musketeers—the yeah. moment where they come back. Your hands are everywhere. Just <laughs> hug it out. Yeah. I love that. Because, yeah. and we've been missing that. We've, like, there was a good episode early on in the season where we had a lot of buddy cop moments between Adam and Stag. Kem wasn't around though. And so to have them all come back together and have these, and we already invested in their bonds of friendship, it just yeah. made sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I totally, totally. Really enjoyed those scenes because yeah we did have the buddy cop moments with Seg and, and Adam on Kalu and then later with Adam and Kim on Wake Thor and uh, for them to come together it, it, it was it, it yeah it was very emotionally satisfying as a fan and and, and does make the death at the at the end in particular but even the death but it when when Kim was giving Sag, when it, when he put the force field up to basically go take care of, of Doomsday, and it, it it gave that scene a whole hell of a lot more weight, and because we we we've known since season one the the friendship with Kim and and Sag, but because of events of this season they've been separated. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that speech that was been Cam and to I mean the actors, I mean Cameron and, and and Adamus, they they sold it, and it was it was genuine, it was very heartfelt, and because we've been friends, fans of that friendship and bond with these two characters, uh, made the sacrifice at the end all the more, you know, gut wrenching, uh, even if you were spoiled, and what was coming.
0: The dialogue or the line of the episode, there's a lost child out there who needs their father. Mm -hmm. Why does that matter? Oh, because you can argue that Superman, a lost boy who needs his father, and there's a lot of father issues involved in Superman, both as Clark Kent and as Superman himself. And that's why I love that line. Mm -hmm. And see, this is what a show like Pennyworth needs to start doing. Yes. Like, I agree, you don't need to send that signal and be like, ooh, we introduced this character, this character, this character. Something as simple as one line of dialogue, mm-hmm. we we're a bunch of geeks, we will look into that line of dialogue and be like, yep. well, if you put this word here, here, and here, to make sense, canon. <laughs>
1: yeah, there you go. Yeah, and that's why, yeah, I did. I, 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 I totally did. When I said that, I was just like, yep. I'm like crying. You you're crying? Yep.
0: <laughs> and I mean it just I love I agree even though the moment was spoiled for me I still fully watched that scene the sacrifice the moment and and the dialogue that was shared because it was written so well. I really liked it. Um, the writers continue to do this thing where there, there was a cloaking device to hide a ship and then they kind of used it in a way to build a Brit, a wall in between Seg and Kim so that he couldn't, um, Seg couldn't also self-sacrifice himself. Yep. And, and it just, and it was good. And I don't know why. I guess I wasn't paying attention or something for some reason. <laughs> I did not expect them to blow up the entire moon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was, yeah.
0: But it was shocking, and it reminded me a lot of the episodes in the first season where you had everything shift in terms into overthrowing Rao, and they had the, the kid who comes in as a oh, yeah. human human bomb, and everything, and a lot of those moments, and Ken was around for a lot of that, so yes. all of it made sense, despite these characters being separated for long periods of time, and then reunited briefly, I'm still so invested that I don't care. I, I understand these relationships and these dynamics that, no, this makes sense, and this will help carry forward, because it it's a loss for the Resistance, but it's also a loss for General Zod, considering what that moon meant to him and his overall plan.
1: Exactly, yeah. That, he, all the fuel for his his space army was going to come from Wegkor, and so there's that, and, obvi- and and clearly the obvious foreshadowing as far as you know what's going to happen down the road to the with the planet itself, Krypton. Itself, mm-hmm. and so, so, so I mean, that's and, and to your point earlier about why. Krypton works, whereas Pennyworth is still trying to find his legs as a prequel. This is why this is why Krypton works and and why folks this this show has has managed to gain legs and a following because it could easily it they have done a good job taking soups out of the picture and but build such strong characters. I mean, I was you know, I was thinking about a discussion with Swamp Thing about the penultimate episode. And one of the things you want a penultimate episode to do is to build that bridge, build that, be that bridge, that, that build up episode, that all these threads that we have been following throughout the season are coming to, to a head. And in a, in a, in a, in a way that we know, you know, when we get to season finale, uh, or series finale, we're, we're going to, have a clear ending to some of these things. Um, and, you know, we didn't get that with, with, with Swamp Thing. Obviously, there's reasons why. But, it, it, you know, for the, that episode just felt like it was just another episode of the week. This one, Krypton had everything you would want in an ultimate. It it had the build-up. It had the big battle. It had an injury. Poor, you know, Adam getting hurt at the end.
0: Oh, what, what was up with that?
1: Yeah, so am like I the,
0: supposed to know that 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 actually happens? Like, can you fill me in on the comic book?
1: Yeah, as far thing? as I know, Adam, I've never and had known Adam to be paraplegic, so I don't know if it's. Just, I mean, we do. We were teased when we had our conversation with Sean that jetpack, and then it was confirmed this week. That he it was finally made public again this week that we'll see the jetpacks. So I don't know if they're going to tie in spacesuit jetpack helping him move or, or what, but um, but I don't think in, in comic book canon I don't, I don't think Adam had any issues.
0: Well, I mean, it's, we've had other characters on other shows who get paralyzed and then they build a chip and then suddenly they can walk.
1: Yeah, uh. or, yeah, or, <laughs> yeah we have uh, you know, yeah, look at your roots, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, but so there's there was that aspect of it, um, you know. With the death of, of Cam, you know, actually, whenever I was watching, I, I was part of me was wondering if Dooms- if Val was going to get get taken out um, this in this episode uh, because it is you know the familial relationship with with Sag. It he, he lost him once before um, when he was whenever Sag was was a child. So I, for a moment, I thought Val Cylon was going to get his in, meet his end, But um, he, Val, Val was just, he's a troublesome character for me. He has been all He's
0: season, a Cylon.
1: And that's why. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's sort of like, he's a Cylon. But even beyond that, he's, to me, he's just an old, old, He's <laughs> he's past his prime, and I'm glad that they allowed for Sec to be the one to figure out like what was going on with the cloaking device and the sh- with the spaceship. And speaking of which, we can't we cannot we cannot let this day go without talking about Doomsday.
0: Um. So so hold on. First yeah. of all, you you d- I have come around on Val. Because I fully accepted the fact that he's a cyborg, <laughs> <laughs> his character has has ceased to annoy me. <laughs> I'm just waiting Over- for that to come out. Yeah, but yeah. I'm, I'm glad you bring up how he was used in this episode because it was really funny for me, and not funny because Seg is a smart character. It's just interesting how, and maybe it's because he's the lead. Maybe we're used to. Other characters in his position coming off as quote-unquote dumb and having everybody around them really be the brains of the operations. But not only does he figure out that cloaking device, but he also comes up with the full plan of how to destroy a Doomsday. He's like, no, this is what we do. I mean, considering Zod's plan, this makes the most sense. Yeah. And and it's like everyone else around who are quote unquote supposed to be smarter than him had never even considered it. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, even Adam was just like the last guy that I saw take on Doomsday, you know, didn't things sit in so well.
0: <laughs> so It's just it was just like, uh, duh, guys. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm pretty sure at one point both Val and Adam were like, "How yeah, we just gotta hide Dylan out of here?"
1: Yeah, he did. Adam did. He's like, "We gotta, yeah, run like run like a thief." I mean,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, Doomsday, go, go at it, Will. I yeah. mean, what were your thoughts?
1: Well, I, I, you know, for uh, the, the Sci-Fi Channel TV budget, this Doomsday kicked freaking ass. I mean, he, you got we talk about we got an ass to crush. We, he uh, this was again the to me where how as I said earlier how Collins Collins Allen's uh, portrayal of Zod has become definitive Zod for me, and I think the same with with Doomsday uh, as far as live action this one is clearly the 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 definitive one for me and it's how I like the way they conveyed the the invincibility of the character, how the, they did a good job with just camera work and other things, as far as just creating the, the the sense of inevitability that, that the rebels are going to get wiped out by, by this, by doomsday.
0: Yeah. There. So this brings us, allows us to come full circle with our discussion of both and our comparison between both Krypton and Pennyworth, because Pennyworth, a lot of blood, mm. a, a lot of boobs too, you guys are here, if you're into that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> um Krypton, all of the Doomsday stuff, very violent. People's heads were caught up. Cam yeah. oh, like, Ken, Ken may have self-sacrifice, but boy, that guy did not have an easy death. <laughs>
2: he did not.
0: <laughs> very reminiscent, I shall say, of Aria. Not that Arya dies on Game of Thrones, but there's a scene to, in the last in the last season that very reminiscent of how that whole whole thing plays out. Um I had no problem with it. I had no problem with the amount of gore, the amount of violence or anything. I did have a problem with pennyworth. Mm-hmm. And that's because a creature like Doomsday, it's in the freaking name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a monster. You are going like he he's not he's not the beast from Beauty and the Beast, okay? No. This guy has been tortured. He's currently been manipulated by Zod. He he's screwed up and he has no care he doesn't care about human life, okay? Yep. He is that deformed and that humanity list So it all made sense to me on Pennyworth, it just felt like they were showing it for the sake of being a rated R show. Like it, 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 the, the, there wasn't a need for it, and yet they kept showing him in the morgue. And I'm like, I don't care about any of this. Why is this important?
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, so it's just like i'm i'm fine with violence and gore and blood as long as it makes sense in terms of what is actually happening yeah. and the characters who are actually causing it mm-hmm. um so sometimes i just feel like they they put in those things to make it more quote unquote edgy mm-hmm. when it's kind of like not relevant to what's going on on the show at all
1: right right yeah 100% there with you
0: Anything else about Krypton? Oh, I do. Yeah. Favorite part of the episode when they aired the trailer for the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all that thing. Yeah, <laughs> because I had I had no idea that this is what I've been missing from this show. I had no idea. Well, and then they said it in the trailer. You are no Superman. Yep. Bam! I can't wait for that moment. The I
1: can't wait. Superman. Yeah. Yeah. I I know. I know. This is. uh this is the payoff we've been we've been looking forward to and uh yeah, uh, who better deliver it than Lobo.
0: <laughs> I thought Zod says it to him.
1: Oh that's right, Zod so did say it too, I'm sorry. That's
0: right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, hey, hey, I understand. Lobo can be distracting. Yeah, he and is. he is back too, which yeah. uh thankfully so it's just I I will say not watching the last episode, season two is better than season one. I mean, you still need to watch season one to understand season two and to fully be engaged. Um, but I do think it is overall a better season than the first.
1: It is. It is. Start to finish. It has been very complete. I think really have taken a good care of strong character development this, this season, balanced with, with good action and, uh um, and, and, and overall a solid story arc to to build to the next to the season three, so looking forward to the season finale next week and um kind of hate that uh, hate should is ending because it'll be gone for another year
0: <laughs> yeah, but th- it does not overstay its welcome, and that's another reason why I love this show is that yeah. you get ten episodes, start to finish, consistent, concise has a full trajectory of what they're trying to pull off and and then they go away and then they come back and so I mean as long as they are coming back, there yep. will be no problems
1: that that's <laughs> the yes sci-fi channel you have don't go don't be stupid like you are with with daily class and 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 cancel a show i mean or fire for any number of shows where they've had solid solid shows and let them go prematurely this show needs to stick around it is it's really got its legs and i can't i mean folks are asking me for for shows to check out this is definitely one of the ones i tell them if they're in the genre shows go check krypton out it's definitely i'm glad that we we have and have been able to recap it this summer because it's made the summer go by a lot faster <laughs> as far mm-hmm. as TV watching and having some good shows to watch during a hiatus. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, um, yeah, it's definitely one that they need to renew.
0: So until next time, Will, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you?
1: Yes, hashtag RenewCrypton at WillMolk, W I L L M P O L K.
0: And you can find me at S.J. Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Sina Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, but most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Spotify. You might geek out. You're welcome.